This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back to another episode of the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Week four, all but in the books, punctuation tonight to be provided by the 49ers and Rams and the Bears, as so many of us expected to, fell to two and two yesterday. And it's not a year about records, it's a year about measuring sticks. And in the case of yesterday's 20 to 12 loss to the Giants in New Jersey, all of them showing very little reason for optimism other than short flashes from second year quarterback Justin Fields. And they were early yesterday. It was a big pile of crap from the Bears. And Luke Getze takes his share of the blame for his lack of imagination. In short yardage play calling, the Bears were bad all over the field. They couldn't stop a single wing offense in the final five minutes of the game. When Daniel Jones is out, hobbled, Tyrod Taylor then serves up his gray matter to a defensive back, and he gets dinged. He has to leave, so they have to snap the ball to Superman, Saquon Barkley, and that's enough for the Giants to salt away the victory. The young struggling to find his way, Jones, was better than the young fledgling Fields. 45 pass attempts going into the game for the Bears quarterback. That was the fewest in three games since the 1982 New England Patriots. And it wasn't much better yesterday, although he wasn't intercepted, uh, intercepted. 11 out of 22 for 174 yards for Fields. He was sacked six times again for a rating of 76.7. Jones didn't throw the ball very much. When he did, he found success. The Bears had trouble defending the tight end in particular in the first half. Jones was 8 of 13 for 71 yards. Uh, No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. The Bears didn't get after him in the few opportunities they had. But that's a game that set offensive football back six decades. What a pile it was. But uh, emerging as a hero is Saquon Barkley. His 31 carries Sunday and his team's win. His career best. So that's, that's a hell of a day for Barkley. He ran for 146 yards. He also is effective as a receiver when they get him the ball in that capacity. Had an average yards per carry of 4.7 yesterday. And Jones was quick to tuck the ball away. Six carries, 68 yards. That's what he does best. 
Tyrod Taylor, also effective as a runner, a third and short, and he turns it into a first down. He ran three times for 30 yards when Joan has had departed with the uh, the foot injury. The Giants averaged 6.2 yards per carry against a Bears defense that was bad against the Packers in Week 2 against the run. Suspect last week in their win against the Texans at Soldier Field, but just awful again yesterday. They didn't stop the run, and neither did the Giants, although the Bears didn't have the opportunity to pound it away uh, the way New York did. And I thought this game was going to be one that would produce a lot of points. I made the mistake of betting the over in this thing Sunday. The total was 39 at Bet Rivers. That's the last time I move on the Bears with an overall year. I think they'll give up enough points to contribute, especially against legitimate offenses once they get to those uh, in a little bit here. But they, you got the Niners in week one with Trey Lance. You know, the, the Packers were good. Their running back tandem was was rough on the Bears. And then the Texans, they've got nothing. The Giants are still a very challenged offensive team, even though their record now is three and one under Brian Dayball. Brian DeBalls of Steel getting it done. Uh, the second possession for the Giants was telling, and it resulted in the first first half touchdown they've scored this year. The Bears defensive cons- uh, defensively consistently were over pursuing, biting on ball fakes. If you wanted to run bootleg against the Bears in the first half. It was all there for you. Everything's at your disposal when nine guys go one way. The offensive line blocks to the left. Saquon Barkley moves to the left. He gets small, and Daniel Jones pulls the ball away. He hides it on his right hip. He rolls to his right side, and he fires the ball to Bellinger, his tight end. This happened a couple of times. They also deployed that uh, mentality on the long Daniel Jones touchdown run. The Bears were just lost yesterday. And man, did did Kyler Gordon and to a lesser degree, uh, Jaquan Brisker, the second round pick out of Penn State. They got rookied yesterday. They looked like players who didn't have a lot of NFL experience because they don't. And you're going to look bad when you're playing corner, when you're playing slot corner or safety in the NFL. It's an unkind world for players with little experience, and the Giants exploited that yesterday. Roquan Smith, on occasion, was terrific. He blew up plays, but he also over-pursued a few times, and on one, on one occasion didn't break down against Tyrod Taylor, and that results in a big play for the Giants, a play that could have gone for a TFL but didn't. And you want to give a helmet award to Eddie Jackson. You want to put that little football on his helmet for his third interception of the year. Go ahead. Taylor underthrew that ball by five yards. Two of, of Jackson's three interceptions this year were gifted to him. They count nonetheless. On paper, it looks a lot better than it really is. And he made a few good hits yesterday. He's been a little bit more willing to get his pads down this year and tackle like an NFL safety. But but still, it's it's not it's not gone the way it, it was supposed to go under Matt Eberflus. The Bears were supposed to force a ton of turnovers, and they did get uh, a couple. 
but they turned it over three times themselves. And Valus Jones, I was so excited about seeing the rookie from Tennessee as a return man. I thought that might be a wild card for the Bears this year. They're going to have an offense that struggles. Everybody knew that. You didn't think it would be this bad. But I thought they would have problems, and I thought Jones, even though he only played in one preseason game, that was the second one against Seattle, he impressed me. And I I went and looked at some of the things he did that got him picked as high as he was picked for a guy who's not figured to be a WR1 at the professional level and learned that he was the Southeast Conference co-player of the year from a special teams perspective last year in his final year there. But, uh, man, that was just a terrible read, a terrible, terrible giveaway. No excuse for it. And the Giants took advantage. The Giants batted almost 500 on third down yesterday. They converted six out of 14 against the Matt Eberflus defense. And I thought the Bears running game would have a better, a, a bigger impact than it did. Now, wh- when you look at 32 carries for 149 yards for an average of 4.7, you think, yeah, that's that's acceptable. You, you'll take that. That's time of possession. You're keeping Saquon Barkley on the Giants bench. 4.7 is respectable when you're carrying the ball 32 times. They There wasn't much of a disparity in time of possession Sunday. But that, just like Eddie Jackson's picks, just like some of the numbers the Bears' defense uh, has posted this year, those those numbers yesterday ring hollow today because the Bears in short yardage were very, very predictable and running into the A-gap on third down and short uh, repeatedly is just a, it's just a problem. Luke Getze is struggling in short yardage this year. He is scuffling in third down, and with David Montgomery out, you didn't have the sky's the limit feeling with Khalil Herbert, who had such a monster day against Houston last week. Remember when the Bears rushed for 281 yards against the Texans in week three? That seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Treston Ebner, who gets uh, a couple of chances yesterday as well. He's the new Khalil Herbert with him moved up to the number one on the depth chart, Uh, not much of a difference there. And I think if there's a microcosm of the season for Fields, it's the ball he overthrew to Ebner early in the game. It was, was, I think, third, third and five, fifth play of the game. It was his fifth pass of the game. Giants were leading 7-6, early second quarter. Apologize. My notes are all over the map here. Bears ball, first and 10, approaching midfield. Fields is under a little bit of pressure after play action, but he's got Abner on the quick check down in the flat, unguarded, and he way overshoots him. He rushes his throw. He made bad judgments yesterday, throwing the ball not even to the line of scrimmage in third and fives, thirds and sixes, just not making good decisions on the field. That was his day. That was was Justin Fields, and the Bears fall to two and two. They deserved all they got yesterday. Your only offense is a kicker you picked up on Saturday morning who's able to make uh, four field goals for you. 
with Cairo Santos missing in action. Uh, not a good day for the Bears. Not fun. I'm done with overs for for this squad for the season. Although if the number continues to dip, it was 39 again yesterday at Bet Rivers. Maybe I'll reconsider. Let me get you to some other games in the NFL yesterday involving teams that will be playing in January and on into February. The Bills beat the Ravens yesterday 23 to 20. The Bills go to 3 and 1, the Ravens now 500 at 2 and 2. In both of Baltimore's losses, they've blown a lead of 17 or more both times at home. This isn't your daddy's Baltimore defense. It's got some big names on it. You got Jason Pierre-Paul, Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell, but they don't get the job done. They they have relinquished huge leads in Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, to the Dolphins a few weeks ago, and to the Bills yesterday. 17-plus points twice this year. Josh Allen, again, Buffalo's most productive runner. He's not going to see December if they don't get this fixed. He had 11 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Nice day as a passer as well, 19 of 36 for 213, 1-1. Rating wasn't spectacular. It was less than 70. Lamar Jackson's passer rating wasn't good. He also was his team's best running back again yesterday, and and, and he also is a high-risk quarterback. And uh, But the Ravens' problems are defensively more than anything. That was that was a tough go. Buffalo three to one, rebounding from its loss to the Colts last week in fine fashion and rallying to win. What's your favorite song about London? Life in London by Pat Travers, underrated guitar, Canadian guitarist who drank his way out of the business. Life in London is bittersweet. Spray can slogans around the streets. Um, is it uh, Lights Out in London by UFO? How about London Calling by The Clash? The Vikings and Saints called London yesterday. That was our first game here. It was late in the afternoon, early evening in the UK, and New Orleans did not take much better care of the ball than it did the previous week. Andy Dalton didn't throw any any interceptions, but uh, he, 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 all, he did lay the ball down. And it was just enough Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and, and Dalvin Cook, 20 carries for 76 yards for the Vikings to emerge with a 28-25 to 25 win over New Orleans. Dennis Allen, Saints still struggling to find their way offensively, and I wouldn't guess that's going to change anytime soon. The Falcons beat the Browns 23-20 to 20 yesterday. I'm sure there were some amazing plays and some incredible exhibits of football skill and fire and passion, but I'm glad I didn't see a minute of it. Marcus Mariota completed seven passes. He had a rating of 41.4, and he goes on the road and he wins in the NFL. How does that happen? Cleveland is 2-2. Two and two. Atlanta is 2-2. Two and two. Browns, again, had a nice combination of Chubb and Hunt. Uh, they're a fine ground attack, and Jacoby Brissett didn't kill them, but they lose to the Falcons yesterday, the very nondescript Atlanta Falcons. Seahawks over the Lions, 48-45. to Geno Smith, come on down. All you need is a date against Dan Campbell's Lions defense. Aaron Glenn, very fiery 
in uh, in hard knocks this summer. Man, he's going to get the most out of that defense. Jesus, they they gave up 38 on opening day, and here they are in week four at home. That was at home. They're here in week four, and then they give up 48 to a Seahawks team many of us think is going to wind up being Pete Carroll's worst in his run as Seahawks head coach. 48 points to Geno Smith. 320 yards passing. Two touchdowns. They didn't intercept him, and he had a rating of 132.6. Rashad Penny, rekindling memories of Sean Alexander in his Seahawks uniform. 17 carries, 151 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And DJ uh, DK Metcalf, also a very healthy, productive day. Didn't get in the end zone, but he caught seven passes for 149 yards. It makes it difficult for me to sing the praises of of Jared Goff or of Jamal Williams, who ran for more than 100 yards for Detroit, or TJ Hawkinson, who had a big day, because the Lions' defense is dreadful, and it looks like it's going to be another tough year for fans of a team that's won one playoff game since the Eisenhower administration. That was when the 91 Lions beat the Cowboys, and then they got their livers fed to them by uh, by the Washington Redskins the following week. Last night, last night it was the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. And this is the kind of game America loves, isn't it? 41 to 31. Stars came out to play. Two Hall of Fame bound quarterbacks in Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, the man worth more than a half a bildo and the greatest who's ever put on shoulder pads and a helmet, Tom Brady. They combined for more than 600 passing yards, both through for three touchdowns, and the Chiefs bounce back from their choke in Indianapolis. The Chiefs are three and one. Tampa Bay now has lost two in a row at home. They're two and two on the season. The Packers beat the Patriots, but needed overtime to do it. Green Bay 27, New England 24. Green Bay is 3-1. and one. That's the end game. But as, as Aaron Rodgers said afterward, this is not sustainable. This is not a sustainable way to win. No, it isn't. When you need an extra session to beat Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi. That's what the Patriots had left with Mac Jones out. Rodgers... Not a great day. Uh, The numbers you see posted by Jones and Dillon, arguably the most effective, should be the most effective tandem in the NFL at running back, are acceptable. And you, you got Alan Lazard, who's emerging as a star, six catches, 116 yards. And, and they, they've got to go OT against second and third string quarterbacks. But nonetheless, a win, and the Packers are in control of the NFC North. The Cardinals beat the Panthers Sunday 26-16. to I happen to be commuting and listening to a little bit of Panthers radio because that's what I do on Sirius XM on the weekends. If I've got to pull myself away from three games going on at once, I'm all over these games. And uh, I don't know who these guys were, the analysts or the play-by-play man. The Carolina Panthers radio network serves up not one but two analysts. And one of them said at a critical point in the game, boy, I wish I could get in May- Baker Mayfield's headset right now. I really wish I could, I could have just a quick word with him. I'd tell him to trust his feet. And the play-by-play man says, well, what does that mean? And the analyst said, 
Your feet are married to your eyes. Okay. Uh, Mayfield had two picks. He had a rating of 61.9. His eyes and feet need, uh, need marriage counseling, apparently. Kyler Murray survived a pick six early. Mayfield, with two picks and a fumble lost, is, is not making life easy on Matt Rule, the second-year head coach. And I follow the hashtag fire Matt, uh, Matt Rule. You ought to as well. The Raiders beat the Broncos yesterday, 32-23. to Josh McDaniels finally gets to uh, taste victory as headmaster of the Raiders after an 0-3 start. And running back Josh Jacobs finally does something uh, to make fantasy owners happy. He carried 28 times yesterday, 144 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Also caught five balls for 31 yards. Russell Wilson was much improved for the deep-thinking Nathaniel Hackett. But uh, you can't trust Melvin Gordon anymore to carry the football. Javante Williams went down with an injury, and uh, the Broncos just not enough for the Raiders yesterday. Less than uh, less than impressive, but nonetheless, no such thing as an ugly win in the NFL. Isn't that the cliche? The Eagles beat the Jaguars twenty nine to twenty one Sunday. Jacksonville jumped out to a first half lead, a real quick fourteen to nothing lead in the first quarter, but the Eagles responded with twenty unanswered points in the second. And they muscled out a win. Not a great day for Jalen Hurts. He didn't throw for a touchdown pass. And, you know, it's okay if you don't turn it over a ton. He had one interception. He wasn't terrible. But there's been discussion of Hurts, uh, who's quarterbacking the only unbeaten team left in the NFL right now, being an MVP candidate. Got to post bigger numbers than that if you're going to make a run at Josh Allen of Buffalo. Trevor Lawrence, 11 out of 23, 174 yards, two touchdown passes, one interception, a rating of 84.3, but it's Eagles 29 and the Jaguars 21. So hold off on the Doug Peterson campaign for NFL Coach of the Year. The Jets beat the Steelers Sunday, 24-20. to Steelers fans, you wanted Kenny Pinkett, now you got him. How's it working for you so far? Three picks on in relief of an ineffective one-more-time Mitch Trubisky, who also threw a pick. The Steelers fell to 1-3. They're 0-2 at home this year. Zach Wilson returned for the Jets. The Jets are now 2-2, two and two, and both of those wins are on the road. But most notably, Mike Tomlin's Steelers are really in a bad way. This very well could wind up being the least competitive Steelers team we've seen since the tail end of the Chuck Knoll era as it transitioned into Bill Cowher, late 80s and early 90s. This is a really bad Pittsburgh team. And I don't know if Tomlin is going to stay committed to Pickett, who is the the favorite there, the fan favorite. He went to Pitt. Everybody wants to see him. But you're going to have some tough days with a first-year quarterback. You're going to have tough tough days with Mitch Trubisky, for Christ's sake, too. But uh, Pickett yesterday... No clue. Not anywhere near ready. And, oh, by the way, Chris Boswell kicked a 59-yard field goal for the Steelers. That's a record 
in Pittsburgh. It's no longer Heinz Field, and I can't remember the name uh, of the insurance company that now uh, has its logo on top of that ballpark. Chargers over the Texans, 34-24 to Sunday. Justin Herbert looked good. 27 out of 39, 340 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a rating of 113.2, and Austin Eckler was huge. He was big as a runner, big as a receiver. Texans running back Damian Pierce very quietly having himself one hell of a rookie season. Tough to get noticed when you're on a winless, faceless team, however, and that's what Houston is. The Chargers are now 2-2. Two and two. With that win, the the Texans are 0-3-1. The Titans banged out an AFC South win over the Colts yesterday, 24-17. The Colts, who were favored to win this division, can't score. Jonathan Taylor was stopped, and then he got hurt. Derrick Henry had a nice day for Tennessee. Henry carried 22 times for 114 yards and a touchdown. And Ryan Tannehill didn't get the Titans beaten. 17 out of 21, pretty efficient for 137 yards. Matt Ryan posted a rating of 109, 356 yards passing, two touchdowns and only one pick. But come on, man, the Colts just can't find their way into the end zone despite the big day. From the big tight end, Mo Alley Cox. Last you'll hear from him all year, likely. The Cowboys beat the Commanders yesterday, 25-10. to 10. Cooper Rush, your table is ready. Tony Romo called you the gunslinger a couple of weeks ago on in relief of Dak Prescott, and that's exactly what Rush has been. He wins again. C.D. Lamb 97 yards and a touchdown, starting to emerge as a big-time player, and the Cowboys win methodically. Now, what's on the other side of that outcome? My guy, Ron Rivera. He's been a friend since the late 80s. I think I feel the guillotine is beginning to sharpen the blade, and it won't be long from now when uh, Daniel Snyder uh, you know, lowers that blade and the guillotine claims her bloody prize against my guy, Ron Rivera. It would be difficult to, to defend what the commanders have been, even though he hasn't been at the wheel there very long and they don't have much of an offense. And you wonder by the time the final chapter is written in the Carson Wentz book, how many quarterback or how many coaches he, he will have killed by then. If Frank Reich doesn't make it this year or or after the next year, you could point to Wentz as part of that problem. They were in route to a playoff last year, and, and Wentz unfolded uh, down the stretch. I should say folded down the stretch. He had a terrible final game of the season against the Jaguars, who also stopped the Indianapolis run, but Wentz couldn't beat him. Wentz had his fingerprints when he was unable to recover after the injury that that stopped him from maybe being an MVP very early in his career. Doug Peterson winds up getting gassed in Philly, and you wonder if Wentz is going to wind up doing the same thing in Washington. If, if Ron Rivera takes the gas pipe. Rams and Niners tonight on Monday Night Football. I am excited about it. You're going to be hearing a lot tonight and in the days to come 
about what the NFL needs to do regarding the concussions issue. And it is a colossal issue. I I know it might not be the favorite topic of football fans, but it is one that absolutely is deserving of all the words that are being written about it and all of the opinions being stated, because this very well might be chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, might very well be the biggest issue facing professional sports in America today. And there are a lot of issues that face it. There are small market ball clubs in baseball that just can't compete. There are NBA teams that can't draw flies. There are NHL games in traditionally good markets for hockey that aren't drawing eyeballs and fannies in the seats. But what the Dolphins seemingly did or did not do with Tua Tagliaviola this past Thursday evening is unconscionable. And to me, the head coach, the training and medical staffs of the Dolphins earned all they get if it's if it's a rough penalty that winds up being imposed. Because anybody with a layman's understanding of neurology could tell on Sunday afternoon Tua was concussed. And four nights later, they served him up for a nationally televised game. And when you saw him on the ground with his fingers wiggling in a contorted manner, you knew that it was concussion related. I I, I don't get it how he cleared protocol so quickly. And it's not just Dolphins medical staff. There is an independent neurological team that has to clear a player for his return. How did you clear him? How did that happen? It doesn't make any sense. It, 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 it's not right. And I, I, I hope this kid winds up recovering and, and he's okay. But CTE is real. It's not an imaginary medical problem. It, it, if you've seen the movie Concussion, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, uh, you probably should. It, it gave me pause to reconsider how much I love this game. And I do love it. And I always will love it when it's played at the professional level. But if there arrives a day when high school football, because of concussions or when it becomes abolished, I won't fight it because those are young men who are just starting their lives. And if if concussions, in fact, can become a problem when a kid is a teenager, it's probably a good idea that sport not exist, right? That's, that's that's just me. And I got a lot out of it, but that was a long time ago, and we moved in slow motion compared to the way these guys do it today. want to thank you for checking out today's podcast. I'll be back later in the week. Thursday morning, we will drop yet another issue, uh, edition, I should say, of the Danny Mac podcast. I want to thank Adam Delavitt from Bet Rivers for everything he does to, to make my life good. And uh, thanks, Sam Michael, who produces my shows. Thank you for listening. Please tell a friend. I'm Danny Mack. And for now, I'm Taillights. Have a good week.